Podcasting from the Chicagoland area, this is Game On with Jackson Stewart, where we discuss men's lifestyle, focusing on sex, fitness, relationships, business, and more. We'll be interviewing the best of the best, the hot shots, and the rising stars in the worlds of modeling, fitness, cooking, and more. Influencers who are discussing keeping it sexy while at the top of their game. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the game. What if you could be a better player for the cost of one more cup of coffee a month? Get access to a growing library of lit erotica, behind-the-scenes action, and player's guides with tips on drinking, cooking, fitness, dating, sex, and life after dark. Low tier rate while offer lasts. Patreon.com. Game on with Jack. Keep it sexy and game on. The game can throw any player for a loop. One day, it can be smooth sailing in relationships or money flow or just life in general. The next day, even the same day, play happens that you don't see and now you're separated or divorced, cash flow is strangled, and you don't even know the rules anymore. Tonight's guest is here to help put you on the court again better than ever. Theodore Voss comes from a high-tech background, having supported some of the largest tech companies' leadership development programs. Married and divorced at an early age, Voss began to focus on her own healing journey. Theodora discovered a passion for coaching in the areas of finance, love, and life. Voss has since began to use her podcast to help young singles and divorcees free themselves from the shackles of their past and pave a clear path toward their future through coaching. She is also our guest this evening. All right, guys, you've heard the introduction and bio. Now join me in welcoming to Game On, the fun, the enlightening, and the vivacious Theodora Voss. Theodora, how are you? I am great. How are you? I am. I'm better now because you're here. So I appreciate you being with us uh, this evening. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So first up, let the audience know what platforms you're on and by what username you go by. Yeah, so I am on Instagram, TikTok as single or divorced. Um, my website is also singleordivorced.org. So I really try to keep it the same across the board. Um, so you can find me on those platforms um, as well as Facebook. And where are you from and where did you originally grow up? Yeah, so I am from, well, I'm calling today from Austin, Texas, um, but I am originally from Inglewood, California. Inglewood, always up to no good, oh, right? <laughs> a, Ca- a Cali girl, I'm watching out now. Yeah, yeah. And then I lived in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area for a while, uh, for about 10 years. And then next stop was Austin, Texas. You know, I had some uh, some friends from Inglewood, and it would never fail. They would always compare Inglewood to, like, you know, there's rough parts of any town, right? But I'd be talking about the rough mm-hmm. parts of Chicago and the rougher parts of Indiana. And they would just drop like Inglewood and it would become like this battle. And I'm like, why are we even doing this? Like, why are we fighting about who grew up in, in the tougher neighborhoods? <laughs> right. Um, I call it the struggle Olympics. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much. It's like, it's like the animal kingdom. Like who's got the bigger claws and the most scars and. Uh, so exactly. So we got a, we've got a, a, a Cali girl. 
you know, now in Texas, how do you get in? I would identify as a Texan, actually. Oh. <laughs> Just so we're all clear. All of a sudden. Love California, all of a but sudden, I identify as a Texan now. <laughs> they, they thought it was going to be an earthquake that shattered California into the water, but it was the fact that you just disavowed the entire state of California. So good, goodbye. Yes. Goodbye, Cali. It was nice. It was nice having you for a while, but all right. So a Texan. Uh, we have a Texan yes. who is, who was formerly from California, but how do you go and get into the business of life coaching, of mentoring that you're in and why that particular niche of, of single and divorced, you know, people. And, and interestingly enough, you focus on the fact that you know, there are young people who are divorced and there are young people who are obviously single, but, you know, that kind of like forgotten about uh, mass of, of the population. Yeah, well, I'll start here is I am a, a strong believer in Christ and um, anybody that's a believer out there knows that when God calls you to do something, you have to do it. And <laughs> I, even if you don't necessarily want to, and so I've been resisting actually the call of coaching for a while. Um, I've always known that I need to be in some sort of teaching or coaching or advising capacity um, very early on. But what that would be in, I had no idea. And so I was always very hesitant for a while to, you know, plant my flag in something. Right. And um, I have a learning and development background. I used to work in tech. So I already had kind of a learning and training and teaching background and um, myself, I was actually married at 22, divorced by uh, 26, right? And so I went through kind of experiencing what marriage and what divorce looks like. And, you know, the comparison, because getting out of school at 22, I had all these tools for a career, tools for being able to just take care of myself monetarily, but I had no tools on how to have a successful and a healthy relationship. And it's crazy because career, money, and relationships are some of the biggest things that can really impact your life if you're not skilled or equipped in those areas, right? And so it didn't make sense to me that, you know, we get all these tools for, you know, our monetary living, but we don't get those tools for our relationship lives. And so that's where that niche of single or divorce came from. And I also have a financial background, so I offer financial coaching in the same breath um, because, again, like I said, those are two big things that can just really affect your life if you're not equipped and have the tools, right? Theodora Voss is a triple threat, people. She's talking about your money, talking about your careers, talking about your relationships. I, I, I could not agree more with you on the fact that those three things are you know, immensely important to a, a happy life. Why do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, why do you think that we as a, as a species do not give people those tools to handle those arenas? Because you're right, I mean, we, and some people would argue it's back to the Industrial Revolution. You know, we're just taught to be drones. We can work in a factory and, and make widgets. But, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, once we get out of, like, you know, they teach us geometry and history, but they don't teach us how to communicate. They don't teach us, you know, money management or, 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 you know, taking a risk with money, you know, for bigger dividends, but, you know, careful risk. What have you found has been the reason that we're not taught those major skill sets? Okay. Well, far out thinking, <laughs> right. And this comes from having a financial background and being taught, you know, 
through mentors and studying. And I really believe that um, we are not giving some of these tools because if you don't have tools to learn how to manage your own money, tools to manage your own household, as far as your relationships are concerned, you kind of are a victim to the government. You're a victim to um, your circumstances. Right. So if you can control people's money, if you can control people's jobs, their relationships, you're essentially able to control where they live, who's living in their house, like socioeconomic backgrounds. You tend to attract somebody on the same level as you. So if all those things can be controlled, it keeps certain um, institutions continuing to run. Right. And so I think that um, it benefits the government quite often if we are not well informed in these areas. You know, and, you know, jokingly, I know you called it far out thinking, but I think that, I mean, I think that there is a high level of accuracy to that. And, you know, you can boil it down to even, even a household, like, you know, where you have a, an unhealthy household, you know, it's mm-hmm. much easier for somebody to control a person who's not educated or not aware of what's going on. And, you know, that exactly. that goes to, you know, we can say financial abuse or or et cetera. So, you know, what I want people to take away from that is like, guys, get your shit together, get educated, constantly be learning about the aspects of your life, because the more, you know, the harder it is to keep to be pinned down, controlled. And, I, you know, I'm not going down the rabbit hole of lizard people control, et cetera. And I'm not saying that's where you were going. But when people hear control, I think we have a tendency to either ramp it up or turn off our listening because we think, you know, oh, somebody's going down a crazy hole, but no control is a real thing. Like, and, and, yeah. and there's good control. I mean, there's a reason why I don't drive 85 miles an hour in a school zone. I'm being controlled because, mm-hmm. you know, I could kill a kid, but there's bad control too. And I really think that's important. And I'm glad you touched on that. You mentioned mentors. Who are some of your influences that have led you to be, you know, the, the, uh, the triple threat, wildly successful, very intelligent person that you are? Well, first and foremost, I definitely have to say my mom, you know, RIP, uh, she passed back in 2006. But one thing that she always instilled was um, just a level of self-esteem and self-confidence that I don't know that everybody else, you know, um, how they grew up where it was able to have, you know, so I was really fortunate in that aspect. Um, and then here in Texas, she's also from San Jose, California, like uh, she's also from California. And um, Jessica Zilker, she's actually my mentor when it comes to financial coaching. And she has just been such a godsend. She and her husband have so much integrity um, and it's just inspired me in how I live my life and inspired me to change, you know, certain things about my life after getting to know them, um, which is just, you know, it's incredible. Um, and then there's a woman, her name is, uh, Sharon, I call, call her mama Sharon. She's one of my really good friends back home. And when it comes to having that relationship with God and, you know, changing some hard things, like one thing I learned from her, I'll tell you, it's crazy. Um, is that, you know, a lot of people, sometimes our generation really has this thing called FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. And I would notice that sometimes people like, let's say you say, I'm going to do this thing, Right. But then something what is perceived to be better comes along and you go take that opportunity instead. 
And this is after, you know, you've committed to something, right? And so I watch her really, like, stick to her commitment. If she said she was going to do something, she's going to stick to it, and she doesn't change it when something better is, you know, or perceived to be better is coming along. And so I really learned that from her and, like, really try to stick to everything that I say I'm going to do. And that has been a big um, big shift, right? Because sometimes I remember, you know, being younger and a little naive and taking other opportunities and it wasn't actually better, right? So um, that was just something that really impacted my life. Well, it definitely uh, shows the, the strength and the, uh, the foundational roots of your mother. And I laugh because you said FOMO. I remember the first time I heard FOMO, I had no idea what the hell it meant. And I didn't want to look like, I, I didn't want to look like the idiot. So I was like, yeah, man, FOMO is a real thing. And I, when nobody was looking, I looked on my phone. I'm like, what the hell is F-O-L? <laughs> so, but same with BOGO, you know, buy one, get one. Had no idea. Oh, yeah. yeah I saw BOGO. And I was like, what is BOGO? Now I understood YOLO. I got YOLO right out the gate. But, yeah, YOLO. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to confuse me, put two O's in any word. And, and I, apparently I get lost. Um, <laughs> What, with what you do, with the business of life coaching, of mentoring, because I think we definitely need to call you a mentor now, uh, of, of okay. encouragement, of changing people's lives. What are challenges in that business for you? And are there challenges specific to being a woman? Challenges specific to the topic that you cover? Because, you know, to me, this is a, a life science topic, but some people feel like life science topics they don't take them seriously because they're not, you know, they're not math or, or language or science necessarily. So what are some challenges mm -hmm. that you run into? I would definitely say some challenges being that um, there's a mindset shift that has to happen for a lot of people because we weren't, especially in, in my community. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other there's a lot of other communities that can identify with this. But, um, you know, mental health is really stigmatized. And it's like, oh, if you go to a therapist or you go to a coach, you're crazy, you know, and that's not true at all. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of work on having events that really address the mindset when it comes to thinking about coaching or therapy or anything that's going to really improve, you know, your mental health. And so I think that's been um, kind of a challenge as far as just really trying to shift that thinking. Um, but I think as it becomes more normalized, um, I think the mindset will be adopted and people will really just stop judging themselves when it comes to um, taking on coaching, you know, or therapy or just anything that's self-improvement worthy. Right. Um, and I think that would be probably one of the biggest challenges. Second challenge is a little bit more personal is figuring out how to tell my story throughout social media. And that's something I'm still working on because and I think a lot of people that are on social media can identify with this is like what is too much sharing right what should I share that is actually going to help or land with someone right um, and so I definitely would say that that is something that we kind of have to walk a fine line on is how much to share um, but I think those would be the two biggest things and now that I've stopped resisting the call for coaching, <laughs> my life is a lot easier. <laughs> but before then, you know, obviously that was a challenge because it was like, yeah, I'm half in, half out. But now I've stopped resisting. So there you go. What's a day like for you? <clears throat> you know, you 
do you have a routine when you wake up that kind of gets you, you know, gets all the pistons firing? Do you have a routine when you, uh, you know, to decompress at night? Yeah, so I'm a busybody, so I have to have routines in place. Um, I'm very much so an action person, and action people know that if you uh, <laughs> don't have a system. <laughs> I just picture you, like, in your living room screaming at night when you're, like, you're screaming about, like, life sciences, <laughs> get your money right, get your relationship right, <laughs> and they're like, Theodora, calm down, you're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I could get on my soapbox uh, for days, but <laughs> like this Tasmanian oh. devil out there trying to help people, but spin around in a circle if you don't if you don't do your uh, your routines. Exactly. Yeah, it could be all over the place. Um, <laughs> I just have this mental image now of myself as a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the first thing I do in the morning. Um, before my feet even hit the floor, I say, thank you, God, right? Because I woke up, one, yes. <laughs> I have breath, two, <laughs> and so I get another chance to get it right. You may not wake up feeling the best all the time, but I promise you that just saying thank you, you know, even if it's, you know, maybe it's not God for you, but, you know, saying thank you in general for having life and waking up, I think that puts a perspective on the rest of your day. So maybe you woke up and you were kind of tired, but saying thank you gives you some gratitude. And before the end of the day, you know, I also, before I put my head on the pillow to close my eyes, I do the same thing. Um, but I also read, um, I have the Holy Bible app and I follow uh, different plans. Right now I'm reading the, hap- the Happiness Habits one. And um, that's a really good Bible plan. That's just, again, teaching you little tips about happiness and about planning. Um, and I think those are probably the two biggest things that really just kind of set me straight at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. Um, and I like to try to get some reading in where I can. Um, and I record a lot. I've been really in a recording space where I'm meeting with a lot of guests and a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I just really try to set myself straight at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And I learned something new from someone actually on, it may have been TikTok or somewhere, right? But the person was basically saying at the end of the day, you should also go ahead and um, call back all of the energy that you've expended for the day that that's out there with other people that doesn't belong to them. So you're calling all of your energy back and then um, kind of dispelling all of the energy that doesn't belong to you. Because um, as coaches and as people in general that deal with other people on a daily basis, sometimes you might end up taking on something or bringing something home and you don't realize what's going on. And this is especially important because a lot of us are working from home, right? So you want to make sure that you're kind of sending back all the energy that doesn't belong to you. And just the act of saying that really um, helps to the mind to, you know, accept that some of this is not yours and you need to give it back, right? You know, there's a, <clears throat> I, I, there's no doubt there's tons of great info in, in what you just said. And, couple things I want to pick on and uh, bring up to the forefront. And I, a lot of guys that I talk to and, you know, we've, if you want to call it mentoring or coaching, whatever, or just guys that I've interacted with through the, the podcast and guests, I, I really have to remind them that gratitude is, gratitude is the key to everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in places where, you know, by the end of the, the luncheon or dinner or the night, you know, the wait staff, the managerial staff, whatever, are just, you would think we were, we had grown up together. And people are like, damn, Jack, how do you know these people? And I'm like, I don't, but I appreciate everything they do 
And, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sucking up to people, but guys, you'd be surprised how many people get ignored or treated like crap. Mm-hmm. And their actions are almost like treated like expected, you know, and I'm, yeah, a waiter is supposed to bring me food, but I can still say thank you, even if it, even if, yes. if that's his or her job. And, you know, being grateful for just life. You're right. Maybe you grew up, you know, maybe you, I'm sorry, woke up not feeling good, but in my community very much. And I'm going to say this, and I'd be surprised if you've never heard this. You know, I remember people would say, and we would say grown folks or old people would say, you know, thank you for waking me up in my right mind. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it being a kid. I'm like, well, how many minds do you have to pick from when you wake up? I'm going to try a couple of different <laughs> ones, but it just, you know, take stock people of how many people, family members, friends that, you know, wake up and, you know, whether it be because of mental health issues or, or uh disease or biological issues, don't know who they are or where they are, or they wake up in Mm. fear or terror or whether it be dementia or Alzheimer's and there's so many ways you could wake up bad that if mm. you wake up mm-hmm. on the good side just, just take a minute and just be grateful and it just changes your energy yeah. and I, I I couldn't agree with you more about that like the energy is important and you know giving up energy taking it back those are all keys to really leveling up life and, and being what I think is a real player not somebody who manipulates and lies to people but plays the life life game at the best. So uh, Theodora is a wise, a wise young woman uh, far beyond her years. And um, so you said what you like, I'm sorry, you said challenges, you know, the shift in mindset and uh, what, what's your favorite part of the business? It's aha moments with people, okay. right? It's like you, you, and that's the thing that I like about coaching the most actually is that, Coaching is about asking the other person questions and they actually really come to a lot of the realizations on their own with a little bit of help and tweaking. Right. But it's so powerful when you're asking somebody questions and it puts the ball back in their court and they have an aha moment of like, oh, this is this is what I was trying to do. This is what I've been trying to say or this is what it meant to me. Right. So when they have those aha moments of like, oh, duh, (laughs) you know, I already had the answer. I just needed to be asked the right questions. You know, what are three takeaways that men can use to to just level up? Because you cover so many different aspects and areas of life, whether it be relationships, you know, that have gone good or, or, or fallen apart finances, um, just general life skills. What are three things that men could do today to raise up their level mm-hmm. of just life? Cause there's a lot of guys out there who are like floundering in life, especially, you know, we're yeah. coming out the pandemic, but things are still, still kind of shaky and guys are out there and, and don't know what to do. They're coming to Theodora for yeah. three things that so they can be real players. What are the three things? Mm-hmm. The first thing I would say is definitely have some self-compassion. And I feel strongly about this, especially for men, um, because I, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, um, Jackson, but I also I have the Single Word to Work podcast. I also have the Miseducation of Masculinity podcast. And that one I really am advocating on behalf of men because y'all unfortunately don't have a lot of open outlets to be able to talk about, you know, just things that are on your mind. Right. And so in that, from just all the interviews that I've started to do with these, um, you know, different men is really 
have self-compassion, have a lot of self-compassion um, because it's hard and a lot is on y'all's plates. You guys are expected to be providers and pretty much kind of robots sometimes and not have any emotions or feelings around certain things and expected to really keep going, right? And um, just have some self-compassion. That would be the first biggest thing I could say um, for any men that are listening. And the second thing is get a coach. Um, I know it's really hard to ask for help, and it's because you've been expected to figure it all out by yourselves and expected to keep moving regardless. But get a coach because when you are trying to keep the ball spinning, right, you need someone that's going to kind of look at your life from a, a bigger picture, um, and be able to kind of see where there are some holes and some gaps. I actually sat down with one of um, my friends, uh, really good friends, and he's wanting to start a podcast, but he has so many ideas. And when we sat down together, I was able to help him kind of fuse them together so that he doesn't burn out. But he also gets to do what he loves, right? So there's just things that a coach can see because they're not directly in it the way that you are, right? And even the best coaches have coaches. I have a coach and I have a therapist. So we I take my own advice pretty much as I'm trying to say. So I would, one, be self-compassionate, two, be um, open to having a coach and actually using what they give you, right? And the third thing is that um, take a step back and really look at where you're spending your time, um, where you're spending your money, and where you're spending your energy. Because those are often key indicators of um, where we're maybe not doing the things that are going to benefit our lives. So time, energy, and, and where you're spending your money. And I guarantee you, if you go over your bank statements, guarantee you if you go over who you're spending your time with, guarantee you if you go over where your energy outputs are are going you're going to see like where there's holes in your boat if you're honest with yourself right in keeping with the theme of sexiness and every guest loves this question (laughs) what is the sexiest thing about you about me Hmm. i would definitely probably have to say my confidence if we're going on an internal level but if we're going on a physical level (laughs) I, would, I mean, I would we're, definitely we're here. Have to say, <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say uh, probably my eyes. Tell a lot of stories from them, you know? Well. <laughs> 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 it, it's funny because of the guests who are who are in a physical business, modeling, you know, I've talked to, uh, you know, Dan, exotic dancers they just said jackson call me strippers i was like i don't want to be re-. but then of people who have been on a physical level their answers are always cerebral of guests that are mm-hmm. on a cerebral uh business or product they go to the physical and i find that wide wildly fascinating that you had a guest mm-hmm. and um you know he he dealt with uh with a lot of like uh brain relaxation techniques and I asked him what was the sexiest mm-hmm. thing about him, and he's like, uh, "It's my ass." And I was like, "Whoa, well, I didn't expect that answer." <laughs> right? Like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I can say, people, I, I've looked at Theodora's uh, her headshot, her photo. Her eyes are very beautiful, and uh, I mean, Thank you me. know, the the overall face is is, is very very uh, exquisite and and well put together. That sounded very odd, but yeah, I was trying to find a way to be complimentary but not creepy, and maybe I pulled. It <laughs> 
yeah, it's Dr. Headshot yeah. before, and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Even before I invited, I just stared at the picture. You know, very beautiful, very intelligent uh, young lady. What makes a person sexy? Yeah, well, I remember when I saw this question originally, it was a man sexy, so I'm going to take it from, from that sure, uh, sure. approach. Because, um, yeah, for a woman, for a man, to me, it would be different things. But for a man, I would definitely say being like a dominant kind of personality as a woman, because I, you know, am driving a lot of the things I do in the workplace. It's nice to like have a partner or man that really can tell you what to do. And it's about the way that a man tells you what to do. Like sometimes there's just men that handle it with so much tenderness, but it's still very firm. And you're like, how did you do that? Yes. And yeah, so that that is what's so sexy. There was a uh, something a, a friend of mine once told me. He said that women want a man who knows when to be a man in charge mm-hmm. and when not to be in charge. And at the time, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this was a, a while ago. So I'm in like, you know, bright eyed to early 20s when, you know, you're just sitting there just soaking it all in. And, and I say, give me an example. And he's like, when there's a noise at night or there's a spider, you better be the man. And he's mm-hmm. like, but when she needs something, like when she's trying to figure it out, you don't need to go in there and tell her what, how it's going to be and walk away. That's when not to be the man. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, what you just said made perfect sense. You got to know, uh, you know, I think it is sexy knowing how to be in charge, but not be cruel, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, the- and that comes from times of learning your partner too, because as women, like we really have to, um, actually it's in this book. I have to, I have to find that book, but it's, um, it basically says that the, the man, the woman is the thermostat and the man is the thermometer. And so if you guys know anything about, thermostats and thermometers thermostat keeps the temperature at a specific temperature the entire time so if your man is like you know at 80 degrees you gotta like learn how to use your your femininity and your your approach towards your partner to actually bring the thermostat right back to where it's supposed to be which is at that 76 75 whatever it is for y'all but you guys get the point i like that example that's that's pretty good um Time for the quick game where we like to give our guests a chance to run through some entertaining questions. Theodora, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. All right, don't overthink it, and let's go. What's the most beautiful place you've ever seen? Um, Definitely Marble Falls, Texas. Man, there is no California love coming out of you anymore. It's just all... (laughs) I don't think I've ever felt as sorry for California as I do right now. What's uh, What's your favorite TV show? Oh, the blacklist. Okay, wait a sec. <laughs> All right, let's stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are the only other person besides myself I know that watches that, but what the hell is going on with that show right now? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some weird stuff is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I still record it, but I watch like the first five minutes and the last five minutes. Yeah, that's why I decided to start like waiting until they all come back out on yeah. streaming services. And I, yeah. I, I love the cast. I love James Spader. I love uh, mm-hmm. I love Harry. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name, but he's the other lead character in there. He's from he's from Shy Town. Harry Lennox. Okay. Um, but that show is just all over the place, and it's sad because it was so good once. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Back to the it really was. Uh, what's the strangest <laughs> thing in your refrigerator? Um. 
Oh, probably. Well, I don't know if that's strange. Peach cobbler? I don't know. No, that just sounds like I'm coming over. That's not strange. I love peach cobbler. Right. Or maybe grits. I don't know. There's a whole kind of stuff from our trader. <laughs> you said grits, and earlier when you said y'all, I'm like, mm, Theodore's one of my favorite people now. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'll drop y'all in a heartbeat. Uh, what is your favorite sports team that's not in Texas? Oh, yeah, no, that, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> don't have one here yet. Um, but I would probably have to say the uh, Sacramento Kings. Cake or pie? Hmm, cake. If you could be any type of animal, which would you be? A cat. Tea or coffee? Mm, tea. Day day tea or night tea? Day tea. And my favorite question: Who inspires you? I have to say my mom. Go back to that answer. Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the just the amazing, the brilliant, uh, the the life changing Theodora Voss. Thank you for joining us this evening. And Theodora, one more time, let people know where to find you. Yeah, y'all can find me on um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Single or Divorced, and then you can find my website, singleordivorced.org. Awesome. Theodora, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Bye.